let's bring on our artist Mobley. Mobley, hey, what's up? How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome to our 20th episode of Fresh Breast on Twitch. I can't believe we've done 20 episodes of this during all of this craziness. That's wild. I know. So tell me, how have you been? How is everything? Like, how's life? How are you holding up? Uh, I've been all right. Uh, obviously, you know, just locked down like like so many other people. And um, obviously, live music has basically gone away. So just here in the house making music and um, biding my time. Awesome. I just want to take a quick second to let people know that if they have questions for Mobley, make sure you drop them right now into the comment section. We will definitely get to them later. So make sure you guys do that. Um, you know, I know this has been a crazy time on in so many areas of life, you know, whether it was it's COVID or Black Lives Matter or I mean, I think there's just been a lot of um, intense emotions kind of going on. And how have you handled that? Have you channeled that into your music? I know you've been very active kind of in the social space as well, being very active with Black Lives Matter and things. But um, how have you been, you know, kind of handling all of that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously the pandemic uh, puts, a, puts a different inflection on everything, um, given how high the stakes are for a lot of people. People are facing um, unemployment, lack of healthcare, um, eviction, all sorts of issues. So there's, I think there's definitely an intensity to a lot of this stuff that, um, that not everybody has felt in the past, but by the same token, none of this stuff is new. So um, it's not as though, it's not as though, um, any of these any of these issues are are surprising or anything like that uh, so to me it's just been for me it's just been a matter of trying to um you know first of all take care of myself and my family um uh, but then uh just trying to be um trying to be responsible with whatever platform i do have uh to make sure that i'm advocating for people who, who need advocating for right now which is awesome. I mean, I you're in Austin, Texas, for people who don't know, which in my opinion is the best and only city in Texas that people should live in. Um, but <laughs> I love Austin. I think it is such a cool scene and vibe and food and music. And I just love, love that city. How did you end up there? Um, I ended up here because I... Uh, I knew I wanted to go into music and basically I felt like the only choices for the kind of music that I was interested in making were um, New York, LA or Austin. And um, I'm kind of a small town person and uh, LA and New York are, are cool to visit, but they're a little too fast and big for me. So um, Austin was really the only choice. Such a great city and such a great music community. Can you talk about that a little bit? And I think especially for a lot of artists that, you know, that that I that are on SoundCloud, a lot of, you know, up and comers, people that are trying to break through. Like, can you talk about how important it is to kind of have that community? And you're such and I just for people that are tuning in that maybe don't know, you're such an active participant within the community, which I think is really cool too. But how has that played a part um in in, you know, music and kind of your life? 
Well, I mean, um, I think in the first place, uh, just being in a city and from a city that has such an active community, but also has such a, a good reputation nationally for music has been really helpful. I know when I'm on tour, when people hear that I'm from Austin, um, they kind of they, their ears perk up a little bit, uh, which is cool. But as far as being here, you know, I think when you look back over the history of popular music, certainly over the last, certainly over the last, um, you know, 75 to 100 years, a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the most um, kind of monumental trends in music have come, have emerged from scenes, you know, like you had Seattle in the 90s with grunge and all that stuff. You had the British invasion, you have, you have Delta blues, you have these things that come from the, these locales that develop a, develop a community and, and develop a kind of aesthetic around it. And so um, being a part of, uh, being a part of a vibrant, a vibrant scene where people are making music um, actively and, and kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and, it, it just it, it feeds your creativity, I think, to be around other people who are passionate about creating. Uh, I love that. And I think that that's so true. And it, I think it just brings I you know, it's a piece of advice that I give to a lot of people. And not everyone can move. Right. Like Not everyone has the ability and like depending right. on where you're from, if you're from a small town. But there's something that's so nice, I think, as a creator to kind of be in a creative environment and to be surrounded by you know, so many different kind of people. Some people thrive off of that. I think you really have embraced that. Um, something else that I think is really cool is just like kind of the style of music that you that you've kind of, I don't know, gotten yourself into or who you are and kind of where you've been. Like that alternative vibe is so and like I don't know. What do you call it? I call it like alternative, alternative indie, alternative indie, like rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like. I was gonna wonder. I was wondering what you called what you would call yourself. Yeah, you know, it's it's challenging um, because I really I really like all sorts of music, and I really try to incorporate a lot of different influences. I think you know, for the purposes of marketing or whatever, alternative indie alternative is is workable. But but honestly, I like if you're asking me how I actually feel about it, I think genre can be a pretty limiting. Um, a pretty limiting construct, especially just given the history that it has, um, you know, historically, especially for black people, genre has been a way to, um, has been a way to segregate people. It's been a way to say, Hey, this is black music. So if you aren't interested in black people, don't go over here and listen to it. You can go listen to this white music. And, and historically, you know, that segregation has been, has made, a lot of appropriation and and theft possible. So, you know, like even the term cover, which we say all the time, the term cover comes from the history of there being a record that some black artists had played that was a hit. Um, they called them race records back in the day. That was a hit among black people and people who listened to music by black people. And they would have a white artist come in and re-record it so that it could be played on stations that didn't play black music. And that's where covers started. So, um, well, that's so fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah. That's um, so cool. Sorry, so, I didn't interrupt, but like that's, I've never, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. So um, in, in that way, genre is something that I, that I really try to rebel against, certainly in my, my own mind. I'm not interested in being, 
in being kind of imprisoned by that uh, in my own mind. So I, you know, I, I make the music that I like. I listen to all kinds of music. And then after it's made, we figure out how to how to market it. How to market it, right. And that's not your job. That's someone else that you pay. And they, they <laughs> no, I right. totally get that. And honestly, and, you know, Tyler, the creator, I think, really was the first one that got my mind. Like he spoke, I think, after the Grammys last year that really got my mind thinking about that genre idea and how it's, um, you know, it can really box you in. And I, you know, so I appreciate you being so honest and open about like your feeling on that because I totally get it. And it makes so much sense, um, you know, but I, you know, we as industry people always look for like, well, what is it? Yeah, you know, that's like the first, well, like what, well, what do we call this? And so, you know, I, I really appreciate your candidness there. I would love to kind of jump in and talk about your your newer song, but it's been out for a little bit. And I, beautiful, beautiful song, James Crow. Um, let's talk about it. Can you tell us about the track and everything and, you know, the meaning behind it? And then I would love to get into like the production and the art of making it. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about the song, James Crow. Yeah, so um, it's a... Uh... I, I was really, when I put it together, I was really trying to make um, a, a catchy, appealing song um, that, you know, with, it, it's, I think it's an alt, like, rocky track, but um, but it's definitely got pop songwriting sensibilities to it. Um, and the idea was to, to make this song that, uh, was just eminently catchy, but that also conveyed uh, a message as kind of a, a Trojan horse. Um, and the message of the song, um, the, the, the title, James Crow, alludes to Jim Crow. And so the idea is that Jim Crow, this, this racist um, regime that everyone's familiar with, didn't really die, but rather just, you know, changed, changed its name, stopped going by Jim, started going by James, got new business cards, dressed up in a suit, but basically is still doing the same things and, and, and interested in, in the same objectives that it always was. And um, so the song just kind of explores that and explores the idea of, uh, of the, the struggle that we collectively and individually have to to kill off bad old ideas that that dominate our ways of living and and being in the world. I mean, so deep, like so deep. But the, let me just tell you also, the track is so good. It's Thank just you. I love the musical. Like I, I just love how it's set up. I love the whole musical vibe of it. Um, I know you do. Do you play all the instruments? I can't remember. I do, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Because um, so many people, obviously, you know, people that are tuning in, a lot of people on SoundCloud, you know, creating their own music at home, like, you know, learning, you know, just starting out as, you know, artists and things like yeah. that. What piece of advice would you have for some of these kids? You know, you play all the music, you produce a lot of your stuff. Like, you know, what would you say to a lot of them? I mean, I, I think if if you're interested in that um if you're interested in going that route i think my two biggest pieces of advice um would be number one make sure that you um are actually interested in every facet of it as an art form because recording and producing is a different art form from writing it's a different art form from performing and if you don't have 
if you don't have a, an, an interest and a passion for it, then it, it can be really, really draining. But the other piece of it is once you know you do have that is just don't don't feel like you can't do it. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've seen producers and songwriters who were responsible for some of the biggest songs in the world, making music out of a back room in a house, out of a bedroom. Um, the tools have gotten so relatively cheap, you know, um, the only limitation really is just your, your own, your own interest and and passion for the thing and and your your ear because at the end of the day it's as long as you have like minimal tools as long as you have like the bare minimum setup that you need it all comes down to taste that's what your job as an artist is to have taste and to curate things for other people um put sounds together put ideas together and you can't buy that you you just you have to develop that um as an artist so so don't don't feel any self-consciousness about anything else. Just work on work on your art. And how have you kind of like developed and how has your like how you've developed your sound and how has your sound kind of shifted and changed over the years to kind of get you to this, I don't know, and I don't want to be like rock and roll, but it's not, but you know, like this whole this vibe that you got going on. Um, you know, I just kind of follow inspiration where it leads me. I try, I honestly try not to think too much about um what I'm doing until after it's done. I, I usually try to just write a bunch and then go back and figure out what I've done and, and how it all fits together. But um, I think I think for this record, uh, the new record is called, the upcoming record is called Young and Dying in the Occident Supreme. Um, I was on vacation in Thailand and I, uh, I was intending not to write any music at all and really take a break, but I I happened to walk by this um, music shop in Bangkok and I saw this cheap guitar that I couldn't resist picking up. So I grabbed it and then we were off in this on this remote island and all these songs started coming out of this guitar. So I think the kind of rock orientation of a lot of the new stuff just has to do with the only instrument I had there when I was writing was a guitar. So, um, you know, that's that's how they came out and honestly that's what got me into music um i was big into i was big into rock music um punk music when i was a, a teenager and that's those are the first shows that i went to and that's what that that's the stuff that captured my imagination just like a, a distorted guitar through a big amp there's just nothing like that feeling of of making that sound what artists did you love growing up like who were you really into oh man i liked I'm, I'm trying to think of people who people would have heard of because I liked a lot of like local stuff and underground stuff when I was a kid. Okay. You could also just share like it's totally fine. It's SoundCloud, you know, we're crate diggers over here. So <laughs> it's all right. Um, stuff that people would have heard. I was into um, I was into this band called Ace Troubleshooter. Um, uh, this band called War Rocket Ajax. Um, I was I was really into Taking Back Sunday. My brother and I used to listen to Taking Back Sunday. I love Taking Back Sunday. Um, the used, uh, but I was into I was into a lot of stuff. You know, like the radio was the, the stuff on the radio was also I was really into that. I ne I've never had any kind of bias against pop music or R and B or hip hop or any of that. Like, as long as it's as long as it's good music, I'm into it. So I've I've always listened to a lot of different stuff. I love that. So when can we expect your new album? Or um, new music from you? Like what's coming up for Mobley? 
So we put out um, James Crow about two weeks ago, and um, I've still got some some surprises left um, on that one. I'm going to be putting out uh, an acoustic video and some behind the scenes stuff that I'm that I'm really excited about. But um, in the next couple of months, actually later this month, we're going to be announcing um, some exciting stuff around touring and um, virtual touring, uh, and We'll be announcing the release date then, but it's going to be early next year when the record comes awesome. out. I love it. And really quickly before we go, because I want to talk about this one thing that I thought was so cool that you did. Um, the curbside tour when I was checking out your Instagram and I saw yeah. you doing this. I love like seeing your dog like attached, <laughs> you know, to the, the back of. Can you tell people kind of like what this idea was and how you decided to kind of do it? Because I thought it was so cool and such a great use of of time and i i don't know i i wish other artists would kind of check this out because i thought it was honestly a great idea thank you yeah i was just i was trying to think of ways to a you know promote the record which obviously you have to do but honestly more importantly ways to connect with people in the absence of that communal live music thing that we we unfortunately don't have access to right now um, and I really, it's really super important to me to be safe and take the, the dangers of the, the pandemic really seriously. And, um, especially as somebody basically who's a professional crowd drawer, um, I, I think it's really important to take that seriously and not, and not be enticing people to get together and potentially get themselves and other people sick. So, um, the idea was we we set up this contest and if people shared the music and retweeted and all that kind of stuff they got all these entries and we had a ton of people respond and um so we just randomly picked people who lived within a certain radius of my house and then we drove out and um you know from a safe distance on their curb just played the song and and i also made these bootleg tapes of the record that i that i handed out and so it was a, just a way to make one-on-one -on -one connections with people um, that I, I think we unfortunately have been forced to kind of turn inward and, and separate ourselves, but there are still, there's still safe ways to connect. I just loved it. I thought it was such a brilliant idea to kind of, you. you know, in the moment, you know, we're all been part of brainstorms and, you know, what do we do when it's COVID and artists can't tour and touring's probably not going to come back for a while. And how do we connect? And, you know, all of these questions come up and I loved what you get, you know, guys, make sure you check out Mobley on his Instagram. You can see exactly what I'm talking about, but it was so cool. Like, you know, just him in a van and guitar and an amp and his little dog and the leash attached to the back of the van. And <laughs> playing in front of people's apartments and houses. And I loved it. And I thought it was such a community, which is such something that you're such a big, you know, part of obviously in Austin, but I love the idea. So I wanted to make sure we highlighted that. Also, I wanted to make sure people check out your video for James Crow, because I thought it was brilliantly done. I think Thank that you. was like a one shot video, it looked like or something. Yeah, the up until up until like the last 10 seconds, it's all one shot. It was, um... It was a very real challenge pulling that off, but, but look from a girl who did production for years. I like my thought was is how long did this take? Um, 
but I love it. I want people to definitely check out that video because I thought it was so cool. And it gives like, I think it gives the song also just a little bit of a different feeling and vibe and kind of, you know, puts it all together. Um, but with that, we are at the end of our interview. And at the end of every interview, we play a game that I like to call rapid fire, where we put one minute on the clock and I okay. ask you a bunch of random questions and answer them like as honestly as you can. And if you don't want to, we can skip it and move on to something else. I'm ready? ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question number one, what is your favorite snack? Um, right now, Rice Krispie Treats. Great choice. Um, what's the last song you listened to? Last song I listened to, um, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Like, what is your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure? Uh, I don't think I feel guilty about anything that brings me pleasure. I, I, I imagine that I could, but I, none of the things that, that bring me pleasure are, are worth feeling guilty about. You know what? I fully appreciate that answer. Um, do you have a dream like artist collab, whether it's working with producing, who would you say would be your dream artist collab? Oh man, I'm going to say two, um, because they, uh, they kind of had like a semi collab on her last record, but I think it would be really cool to work with um, Rihanna and uh, Kevin Parker from Tam yeah. Paula. Yes, 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 to both. <laughs> yes, and you would sound perfect there. <laughs> um, okay, what is one thing on your tour rider that you have to have? Um, uh, honey and lemon for like hot water. Yeah. For your voice, totally yeah. makes sense. What's your favorite thing about SoundCloud? My favorite thing about SoundCloud is it, there was this thing that happened um, like at the beginning of music platforms on online where there was just this immediacy because you could, you know, they were calling it the democratization of music, but you could have just upload your track and, and all these barriers were knocked down. And it feels like SoundCloud is really the last one of those that's still still really going strong where um that that connection between you and the audience is immediate and and all the barriers that that exist on the other platforms are kind of gone and it's just you and your you and your listeners totally i love that um my last question are you red vines or twizzler oh twizzlers come on thank you <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, it's a very controversial question on here on the West Coast. Um, thank you so much, Mobley. It was so great to chat with you again. I can't Likewise. wait to hear more music coming out from you. Make sure you guys check him out on Instagram. Check out his SoundCloud. Check out James Pro, his video, all of the things. Thank you. It was such thank a pleasure. And I cannot I wait, like I said, to hear more music. When the album drops, come back on. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'll you. see you guys later.